This message is brought to you by this excellent church. We excel at reshaping people's values and reconciling men to God. You're about to hear peace and preach. Be blessed. Hello, church. Good morning. How are you guys doing? Last day of July. How is it? How does it feel? By tomorrow, it will be August. New year that we just started yesterday. August is already here. Just one small play like that, August. Then before you know it, they will say we have entered um, Ember month, and then 2023. And then before you know it, it's 2050. And before you know it, we are knocking on heaven's door. And that's it. But how are you guys doing this morning? How's the series been so far? Have we learned something? All right, so we are, um, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping up today, right? And for the past, I'm wrapping up today and then what I have to say denotes is longer than, no, but we'll be fine. Um, for the last two services, we've spoken about something. Um, we've spoken about the command of love, loving one another, loving God, and I said that the way um, this series is going to be is we're going to touch on loving God, loving one another, and loving the world. What was our anchor scripture for Sunday? John 15, what was our anchor scripture for Wednesday? First John 4. Um, so today we are going to be doing it a little different. We're going to be going um, here and there. What I want to really focus on today is exercising this particular command so we already know it's been clear that it's a command from god it's an evidence that we are bearing fruit it's an evidence of what we actually truly believe um, that's one thing that we said on sunday and we retreated on wednesday that um, it's difficult for you to say you believe in god and you don't act in a certain way and love is one of the fruits that you bear to prove that you actually are bearing fruit, you are abiding in him and he's abiding in you, right? Um, so when I remember what I said about how you actually do this, it's 100% him abiding in you and 100% what? You abiding in him. It's not um, one or the other. That's how you bear fruit, okay? So you know that we have um, the Holy Spirit is in us to be able to have us bear fruit. This sounds loud. The Holy Spirit is in us to have us bear fruit. And of course, when we abide in God, we are also bearing fruit. But um, I gave an assignment on Wednesday. Now, I'm not going to ask you if you did the assignment or not. So that today will not stand against you in judgment, on the judgment throne of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Or should I add to it? Should I ask you? Should I ask? I'm not even going to ask. The way people are looking at me, I'm not asking. Should I ask? Well, to, 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 to will me, is, uh, to ask is, is pulling me, but not to ask is pulling me. I'm at war whether to ask or not to ask. But anyways, right, um, if you haven't listened to the message, I, I need you to still go back and listen to the message. P. Sam said some very profound things about spiritual growth. And then there was another part where he spoke about overcoming fear. And on Wednesday, remember, we, we um, spoke about how perfect love casts out all fear. Okay? But the thing about spiritual growth, right? So I'm going to draw another parallel. When we say we are abiding in him, that actually really speaks to spiritual growth. So the more you grow spiritually, the better you abide in him. So that was why I actually really wanted you to listen to it. And um, two things that he said in that message is, first and foremost, there's the knowledge bit, right? Where you know things from the truth of God's word. You hear things in church, you read things, you study things. And then there's the part of exercising it that speaks to practice. And I'm sure it's something you've heard us say in this church sometime, or you would have heard it one way or the other. Where um, your maturity as a believer is around your lions, your bears, that you build up yourself on before you attack your Goliaths. Before I sound like perspire to aspire, calm down, let me explain myself. For you say, they say the lions are the bears. It's, what I mean is, um, 
the way God has designed how we exercise ourselves, and we can even see it from the natural, right? right? By, by the natural, I mean how natural order of things happens down to the spiritual. When you're trying to grow spiritually, right? Yes, you go deep in God's word, but conviction comes, right? Um, internal skin, bone deep knowledge comes when you exercise something, when you go through it. By exercising means you face a particular challenge where that thing is demanded of you and you do it. You face another challenge where that thing is demanded of you and you do it. You face another challenge where that thing is demanded of you and you do it. So that's the same pattern that I'm going to be taking in teaching us about exercising love, the command that God has. We already know the importance. So I'm, trying, I'm going to try not to reiterate that again, right? But in-depth knowledge comes from the place of exercising. Are you with me? That's where in-depth knowledge comes from, okay? So that is why it's not the hearers of the word, but the doers who are able to see prophets, okay? So bearing that in mind, we're going to be doing a little um, self-assessment this morning. And I'm going to be reading different scriptures. And as we go through those scriptures, you're going to ask yourself and you're going to rate yourself on how well you're doing those scriptures. These scriptures that I'm taking, I gave two assignments. So the first part was to listen to the message. What was the second assignment I gave you people? Judgments. You know, see this television? That's how they will play this service when you meet your maker. That there's a certain church you went to within 2022 and they ask you some things you did not do it. I'm just kidding. Before you go and use that one as doctrine to say, how shall your life, in what dimension would they play your life? Is it 4D, 3D, or HD? Anyway, where was I? See, I've gotten lost. The second assignment, thank you very much. Now, remember the second assignment, I said you should go and read through, go through the Gospels, do your own study, to see the different traits that Jesus displayed while he was on earth. Because we know that the focus of everything we are doing is, as he was, so are we in this world. Do you understand? So it was important for me to be able to, um, I wanted you guys to go and extract the traits. Now, let me tell you why it's very important. There are a lot of things we say, saying, preaching, talking, and there's a huge chunk of it that is lost in translation because of the way we define some of the words that we define. So when I say things like, um, when, we read, when we read from the scriptures in 1 John 4, where he said, as he is, so are we in this world, it's, it might seem like a very plain scripture. But the question now is, what did we understand Jesus to be as he was in this world? That was why it was very important for me to, for, that was why I said you guys should go back and make sure you try and retrace the steps of Jesus to actually see how he was on this world. Because depending on where we are coming from, there's a lot of bag baggage. There's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of knowledge that we've picked up that we don't even understand where it's coming from. Like one of the newest things that are going around, like I said on Wednesday, is that people say Jesus was a, was a firefighter now. What do they call him now? Freedom fighter. And you know now, you now take it that as he was, so are we in this world. So that means I'm going to be a freedom fighter, you know, and then, no. So that's why it's very important that when you read scriptures, also let the scriptures define to you what it's saying so that you're not bringing your own interpretation of what the words are saying. Do you understand? So um, that second assignment, that's why it's important. Go and retrace the steps of Jesus. How was he? Because that's really the pattern that you should be following. When I say that, um, how did he react to the world? How did he react to the Father? And how did he react to his disciples? Remember, that's what I said. You should look at it in those three um, different angles. Look at those three different angles. How he was and how he reacted to all those different people. Okay? Now, um, so in exercising love as believers... What, I'm, what we're going to be doing this morning is we're going to be going through different scriptures, right? And looking at the different things that the um, apostles said to us about love and asking, asking ourselves how much we are exercising in those things, okay? 
again, the reason why this is very important to me is so that you don't bring your own definition of love. There's one definition of love that P. Sam saw recently on Twitter that has been turning his tummy. And he woke up this morning to tell me, see that thing that you said? Look at what they are defining love. That's why somebody will say you can love and cheat. It's important. Because whatever your age is, just put your age in front of you. Let's say you are 21 years old like I am. You need to understand that the life that you are living now is 21 years full and packed with different forms of knowledge. Different forms of knowledge from book knowledge to experiential knowledge. All your life you've lived believing a certain way. So for the world to transform you, you need to make sure you're exposing yourself to the actual word of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't ever take it for granted. Don't ever, don't ever assume that, no, you got it, you understand it. You will betray yourself. Your body will betray you. Where you know you believe something somehow, you know you be, if I ask you to recite it, you can most likely preach it even better than I'm preaching it. But your lives don't show it. That means you really haven't gotten it. Do you understand? That's why you need to keep exposing yourself to the word too. To keep washing you, cleaning you, washing you, cleaning you, so that you get it. Hallelujah. So let's go into the word today. Um, and I need to bring out your books because you're going to be rating yourselves on these different things. Let's start with 2 Corinthians 5. Second Corinthians 5, from verse 14. So I don't know how you're going to do it in your notes, but what I want you to be able to do is, I'm going to be reading different scriptures, and then you will sincerely rate yourself on this. Like, I don't know how you, you process your thoughts, but if I were the one, I would come out as Ijoma's shrink and look at Ijoma's life and begin to read, however you want to think about it. I don't mind me, I think very graphically, right? But I need you to, since I'm not checking your notes, I'm actually not interested in your notes. Do it for yourself, um, because this is God's word. So what you're doing is you're looking at your life through the filter of God's word. So we're going to be looking at these different things, and you're going to be rating yourself. And not only are you going to be rating yourself, you're going to be taking this as um, a teaching on how you're going to be exercising love going forward. Do you understand? So let's start with 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 to 15. So it says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So majoring on verse 15, how much do you not, no longer live for yourself? So you answer the question as I'm asking you, and it's not me that is asking you. The scripture said, I should ask you, I am but a messenger. Because I'd been saying this thing from Sunday, and I said it on Wednesday again, I reiterated it. Don't think, don't assume that this is just, it's a walk in the park, and I see no love, don't worry. When I see you in church, I will hug you. I will say, how, how are you doing? Yeah, are you fine? And he, but I want to describe it from the scripture, and thank God I did not quote 2 Ijoman verses, 5 verses, 14. It's scripture that I'm quoting. So question number one, it says that we no longer live for ourselves. So I need you to ask yourself and think about it for a bit. That you no longer live for yourselves. You know, the good thing about it is that we are now adults. Maybe when you were growing up somewhere, let me speak for myself. There are some things that you see in the scripture that you think, that ah, okay, when I become an adult, when I'm like 33 years old, this is how I believe it. Sorry, oh, newsflash. This is supposed to be your present. This is not, do you understand? I'm speaking to born again Christians here, right? So this is, these are part of the things that the scripture expects from you when we are exercising love, that you no longer live for yourself. And that again should tell you at the same time the type of things you do when you are exercising love. This is actually love in action, love in motion, that you no longer live for yourselves. 
Let's go again. Second Corinthians eight. These are very tall orders. And I'm like, Jesus, who sent me a message? And another one, ah, thank you, Holy Spirit. It's very, very tempting for you to think that these instructions are for, you know, the pastors. It's the pastors that are no longer supposed to live for themselves. They are supposed to live for us, the congregation. News flash. I did not see the pastor's deal that they said this does not apply to as long as you are a Christian. Second Corinthians 8 from verse 7. But since you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness and love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in the grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love. How? By comparing it with the earnestness of others. This one is even more direct. How earnest are you for others? So we believe that we've gotten the things we spoke about on Sunday and Wednesday. But these are the type of things you're going to practice on a day-to-day basis that will actually let you know if you've gotten what you heard or if this was just another Sunday series service that was nice. And I think I, I get the concept of love and I can preach it now from the different angles. No, sir, no, ma. Your earnestness for others. How earnest are you for others? And you can see the stark difference between the world's definition of love and Christ's definition of love. And the one thing that is, that is obvious from the way Christ has defined love is that it's not about you. Because when the world wants to define love for you, it will tell you, you got to love yourself first, you know, um, and different ways. When you're thinking of love, you're thinking of self-love. I got to pick me first. And all the other sweet memes. Earnestness for others. So when the gardener is looking at you, these are the type of things he's expecting you to display. This is actually people who really believe the message. These are the type of things that you do. Their heart is earnest for others. Okay? Let me hit you with another one. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 2. Ephesians 5 verse 2. Funny enough, this was the scripture that started this whole wahala of love in my, in my heart. And um, that was during last, the last week that we had in June, when we were reaching Ephes- reading Ephesians. <clears throat> I couldn't just go away from these first two verses. Follow God's example, therefore. Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. Follow God's example, therefore. As dearly beloved children, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Just as Christ loved us and did what? Gave himself up for us. And he's telling you to follow this example and give yourself up for others. See, let me pause here a bit and rant. I need to rant to you because you people are my fellow brethren. We are all in this together. You know, it's easy to give up yourself for, 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 for people that love you back. I can't give up myself for my husband. See, as he's fine. I can't give up myself for him. For my daughters, I can. But there are some coconut head people that said that they are Christians. And then God will just help us. They will now come to this excellent church. So that I can't even tell God that I didn't even know this person. The person is far from me in Christianity, far away. You now come close. What's part? You now start. You know, sometimes, you know, you've heard of this um, saying, don't meet your heroes. How many of you have heard of it? It's easy to love people from afar. Do you know that? Let them come close to you so that you can see how they are. These ones are unfinished works of Christ. They are not the finished works of Christ. Ah, no, it cannot be. 
You know when they say work in progress? They are still digging foundation. It's not that they, they, are, they want to paint. They are far. Ah, they will test your love. God, you are not, Jesus, you are not telling me that me, I should lay my life down for this type of people. Why? And you've done it. Even though, even though, it's not easy. But I'm not here to give you any, I can't help soothe your ego or give you the type of messages that you used to weaponize your, okay, don't let me call it hate because you know we are Christians, we don't usually hate. But what do we call it? What, 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 what are the words you use? The, your, this, your sincerity, your honesty, as a, your, your what again, what they your brutal honesty. I'm, just, I'm not going to give you the kind of scripture that will help. I'm going to kill it. That your, I will kill it for you today. It will die, die, die. This is scripture that we are reading. And he said it directly. Follow God's example and lay your life down for you. Lay, just lay it. So let me tell you what you will do. When the thing is pinching you, because people think that when they say lay your life down, it's so easy. Oh, Lord, I just want to lay my life down for you tonight. And you just be feeling the spirit. You know, sometimes when we're in the spirit, this thing is like, you know, it's, it's like some kind of crack. It's sweet. Now, is it not sweet? It's sweet and you're just worshiping and your heart is, I just love Jesus. <laughs> Heaven meets earth like, oh. and you're happy in the spirit. But when you're laying your life down, it's not something, it's not nice. I don't know. How many of you have seen when they are slaughtering? Okay, that one, you can't even use that as an example because that one is not laying their life down. They are taking the life from it. But laying your life down is not romantic. It's not. It's not easy. And it's not something you can even do in the flesh. But yet, it's a command. Or maybe I should not use the word command because in these circles, we don't like to hear the word command because it makes makes you feel like it's legalistic. Or, so I don't know what you want me to call it. Instruction. Let me not call it instruction. What is it? Uh, encouragement. Uh, I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, call it. But I'm sure reading scripture for you. And it tells you, follow God's example and walk in the way of love. Just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So write that one. And assess yourself on it too. Let's go to Romans 12. And we're going to stay here for a bit. Romans 12 from verse 9. Romans 12 from verse 9. So, um, I'm going to read the scripture. Do I read everything together? Okay, let me read everything together. Then we'll take it one by one. So, I'm reading Romans 12 from verse 9 to 19. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for, God, for God's wrath. I'm going to start from number one. Love must be sincere. So it's good enough, because I'm not going to say it's bad enough. So it's good enough that they've said you should lay your life down. You should be earnest for one another. You, you understand? And we should no longer live for ourselves. Now I said that it must be sincere. So I can't even fake it till I make it. I can't. He said love must be sincere. And by being sincere here, it means you can't do it like a hypocrite. 
but I don't love this person. I can't, you know, I say I can't fake it. How, I don't know, but, but, but Jesus, what exactly is your plan? How do you want me to do it? I don't really love this person. No. But he said, love must be sincere. So you can't even fake the, I pity our flesh. It must be sincere, without hypocrisy, unfeigned. Can someone open First Peter 1 verse 22 for me? Unfeigned, that's what it is, without hypocrisy. So you cannot even say that, and that's why if you think that you are doing any kind of um, external thing. That's why, again, it's very particular that I want us, I'm very particular that we get the actual definition of what it is that God wants us to do, of the kinds of things that he's using to see us bearing fruit, so that we won't be doing stuff in hypocrisy, right? Who is in First Peter 1, verse 22? Who wants to read for me? Yes, please. Now that you have purified yourselves, by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. My love must be sincere. That's what it means. Love one another deeply from the heart. Let me pause here and quickly um, explain something that I said. I started a train of thoughts that I didn't necessarily complete. Where I said it's easy for sometimes for us to love people that we don't know too well. You know that, right? And follow me for a bit, but that word I'm using, love, I'm just using it in the generic sense, but I'm going to prove to you that it's not actual love. It's easy for you to love your heroes, love people from afar, love that uncle. You know, I don't know if you guys always had one uncle that was so fantastic, but it was far away from you people. Only, the only thing you know about it is that he used to send you goodies during Christmas or the day, you shall knew that there was uncle. And if they ask, who is your best uncle? Say, it's that uncle that is my best, bestest uncle in the world. It's easy for you to love people like that. It's easy for you to love people you don't know. Sometimes it's easy for you to love um, other people outside the body of Christ. Which is why <laughs> sometimes people, when people talk about church hurt and the church being judgmental and things like that, they'll tell you that they feel more loved by their community than they, than they do the church and all manner of things. But one thing you must understand before you even begin to read through all these things is that love cannot be defined outside God. So your definition of love that you are bringing to all these scriptures, just to reiterate it and tie it your definition of love that you're bringing to all these scriptures as you test yourself with it is that love is you willing the good for others. And by willing the good, the good for others, they can never be defined outside of God. So for you to even will the good of others, you need to know what that good is. And that good is in God. Do you understand? That, that is why when we're going through John 15, the first important thing is that you need to love God. And how you love God is to abide in him. Because every other thing that was going to follow after, you cannot do it outside of God. So I need to reiterate that now. So that you don't go thinking that everything that you're reading here is some kind of external thing you're supposed to display. You See, let me tell you something. If I were to put a Buddhist monk here and put someone who says they are Christian, or let's say a Christian here, and what they are doing outside looks the same. The Buddhist monk is laying down his life for his brethren. The Buddhist monk is sincere. The Buddhist monk is nice. You know, he's everything. And you are seeing the Christian displaying the same thing. What the two of them are doing is still not the same. Because you cannot love someone outside God. And to make sure I really deep, to explain what that means, because a lot of time I used to hear, ah, if you don't love God, and, well, with all good intention, that's how people say, oh, if you don't have agape, you can't love I now understand, but I understand it in, in this context that you can't even have the ability. Because how do you know what is best for that person that you are loving if you don't know what the person's maker intends for that person? So that is why you can't even love outside God. 
Because the good that you want to will for the person can only come from God. And you can only know that good if you are abiding in God. Do you understand? So everything that we're reading, love must be sincere. Love must, you must be devoted one to another and everything. What you are, what, another way to look at it is what I am willing for this other person is everything that God will have this person be and do. Do you understand? Not everything I will have the person be and do. When you take this understanding, what you are reading will, will actually make more sense to you as a believer. It will be more coherent with this thing that you've been called to do. Do you understand? When it, becomes, when it begins to look like, like an impossible task is when you're already planning to do it in the flesh. You can't, you can't love some, the creator's creation better than the creator. And you're teaching God how to love his creation because you know God doesn't even know how to love very well self. Nah. So when we say love must be sincere, right, what we mean is that it comes deeply from the heart. You are seeing this person the way God sees this person. So your disposition towards this person is God's disposition towards this person. You are seeing this person through the filter, through the lens that God is seeing this person. So your, everything you're doing towards that person is coming from a sincere place. So remember, I said we are, we are rating ourselves. So let's rate ourselves on that one too. How sincere has your love been? How sincere has your love been? To further reiterate the point I'm making, it says, says, hate what is evil and cling to what is good. Again, remember, you cannot define what is good outside of God. Okay? So rate yourself on that one, the sincerity of your love. Be devoted one to another. This devotion again. That means I will come and be doing devotion inside people's house every day or what? Devotion, devotion, all the time, devotion. I'm sorry. Be devoted to one another in love. Be devoted one to another. Other, um, some other translations use kindly affectionate. Right? Like cherishing one's kindred, as if you're cherishing someone from your blood. That's what it means. Be kindly affectionate um, to this person, as if you're loving your own flesh and blood. So it's not the time that your love will be tough and say, no, no, no. It actually tells you, be kindly affectionate to the person. So rate yourself on that one too. How kindly affectionate are you? Because I know I've been saying um, jokingly, it doesn't mean you should be nice, but it definitely means you should be kindly affectionate to the other person. Honoring one another above yourselves. This above yourselves again. But yes, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, actually. It's scripture. Read yourself on that one, too. And the reason why I'm, I'm, I'm asking you to read yourself is because this self-reflection is very important for you to, to see how much you understand this um, series that we've gone through. So read yourself. And remember, this rating you're rating yourself is not, <laughs> you're not rating yourself on your love for your bearer half. It's for one another. So if you don't know who to use, in case it's not digging deep, maybe you can use me as an example and say, how much is my love for Ijoma sincere? How kindly affectionate are you to Ijoma? Well, you know I'm cute and all of that, so maybe it will be easy for you to love me. So look to your left and to your right. Oh yeah, look, look to your left and right. Look, 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 peek. Let's use Emmanuel. Emmanuel's face is strong. See, he don't even smile. So use him. And use that as the object of your assessment. How kindly affectionate am I to him? How is my love for him sincere? Or should I, let me dare you. Again, remember we said love is sincere. There's no need to deceive yourself. And thank God I don't see your heart. I don't think I'm interested in that particular gift. Until I get to the point where I know that I will use it well. But anyways, um, if there's someone you know, that anytime you close your eye and you think of that person, you feel a certain way. 
you always ah, I, I doubt this person's salvation. Because maybe the person has said something to you before that hurts you. And use that person as the example. It's easy to use people like me. I'm cute. But to use people like that that have hurt you, they're always talking and they're always saying, use those ones as example. How much of your love to that person is sincere? Right? How much do you will the good? How much do you will the purpose of God for the person? How devoted are you about the person? And how much honor do you give to the person above your own self? Again, to reiterate the fact that you cannot love outside of God, he now says, never lacking in zeal, but keeping your spiritual favor, serving the Lord. You can't love outside of God. You can't. So I'm not going to um, invalidate the experience and feelings that people who have had sincere church hurt have had. But one of the things that I've heard people say is that, oh, there's no love in the church. I felt love in my, maybe the person left church and went to some community of same, something, something orientation. And then the person feels love and says, oh, I didn't feel all this love in the church, but I've come to this place and I feel this love. Oh, they were not sincere towards me in the church. Two things, two things, two things, two things. First and foremost, if it's that you've not gone to another church, another body of believers, wherever you are, as much as they might make you feel good, I need to tell you that they are not loving you. Because anybody that cannot will God's will for you cannot love you. I cannot love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, love you, and you are not saved. And then I love you, love you, love you, love you. I say, I love you into hair fire. They carry you where you know they go. And you say, I'm loving you. It's not possible. Do you understand what I mean? You cannot love someone outside God's will for them. So I'm not going to invalidate people's church hurt, but if you are comparing and you're thinking, oh, there are other people who love you better than... And then the second part is the way church works is not the pastor loving you, and that's it. And you, you are just the receptors of the love. It's loving one another. It's loving one another. And that's why you need to abide in God to be able to do it. Because I'm going to sit sit down here and tell you that there are people in this church that won't hurt you. Let me tell you for free, it's possible. Yes, not even it's possible, it will happen. It will happen. That people might say things to you, they'll be like, ah! It will happen. But you see, it works both ways. That's why Jesus is not your mate. The way he designed his church, he knew what he was doing. It works both ways. It's not, one, it's not you that you, you are the receiver of the love and then the other person is the giver of love. No, bruh. You too, you will love. And if your heart is full of love towards the other person, is busy, I'm not saying you won't get hurt. I'm not saying that the person won't do things to hurt you, but you too, your own disposition towards that person is going to be love. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's love giving love. In fact, when you're loving, you're not loving. Remember, we, we clarified this last week Sunday. You're not loving because you can get something back from the person. That's lost. Forget about that. That's just lost. It's lost. But you too, you are loving. So if you're in a church where, and again, I'm not trying to say that people don't get hurt, but if you're in a church where people hurt you, what was your own disposition as well towards those people? How did you love them back? Because it's two ways. Do you understand? So he says here, um, where am I? Keep your spiritual fervor, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in, in prayer. That's why you need to stay fervent. He did not stop and put this particular verse somewhere else. It's in the middle of this particular instruction about love. Being fervent in spirit, being faithful in prayer. You can't, you can't love well if you don't do these things. Because you need to keep staying connected to God, for lack of a better word to put it. You have to. Okay? It now says, share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Giving to the saints in need. Oh yeah, rate yourself on that one too. Rate, 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 rate yourself. That one is pretty clear now. 
with yourself on that one as well. Sharing with the Lord's people who are in need and practicing hospitality. So the first one is the Lord's people who are in need. So at least that one, you know that there's a need and then you are responding towards the need. But the second one is now telling you to be proactive. So the first one is more reactive. You are giving to those in need. The second one is more proactive. You are now practicing hospitality. Hospitality towards others. The hospitality even includes towards strangers. How much do you practice it? Hospitality. Not that you are waiting for someone to ask you so that you can say yes, but you are now proactive about practicing hospitality to other people. So it's my pleasure to announce to all of you that we are all members of hospitality units. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. So now we're going to be feeling hospitality from one another. How do you feel about that? It's nice now. But you to imagine, imagine it now. If somebody just comes on, you just, I say, I want to practice hospitality to you. And as they are receiving you too, you are, you are practicing it. So you practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Another very hard one. Later in this scripture, it tells you to leave room for God's wrath. So this is the disposition of lust. You actually bless those who persecute you. Another very tall order. So when they are dragging you on Twitter, what's your reaction? Bless those who what? Persecute you. Yeah, rate yourself on that one. Rate it, rate it. Some people are laughing here. They know what I'm talking about. Bless those who persecute you. And then he says, um, I'm going to be jumping now. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Right? Um, do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Rate yourself on all these things. Empathy. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Be willing to associate with people of low position. Read yourself. How willing are you to associate with people of low position? I don't mean the type of association that when you are doing it, you now go and snap yourself that, oh, I just saw this man here today, um, and I gave him, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. He said, be willing to associate yourself such that if they see the person and they see you, they won't feel like, oh, this is just a big man. Mm-mm. You are willing to associate yourself with people of low position. And if it is possible, as far as as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Very difficult things to do. This day and time of violence. Violence on Twitter, violence everywhere. They now say you should live at peace. Ah, Oh yeah. Assess yourself on that one too. Are there people in this world that if I call them today and I ask them about Dami, they'll say, ah, no, Dami doesn't live at peace with everyone. Think about it. Think, really, really think about it. You know, in, the, in, in church, it can be very nice, but when we get to your office like this, ah, violence headquarters, that's that person for you. Thank God they did not say live at peace with only those in church, with everyone. I did not manufacture the scriptures. So I'm going to wrap up very quickly by just reading some scriptures around loving the world. And I need you guys to go back to this scripture, Romans 12 from verse 9 to 19 again, again, and read it and ask yourself, and rate yourself on all these things. But I want to quickly wrap up about how to love the world. And if you've been following closely, I'm sure you could already um, figure out how best to love the world based on everything that we've been saying. But let's read a few scriptures. I need someone to open Matthew 10, verse 37. Okay, so let's do this. Who's going to open Matthew 10, verse 37 for me? Okay, glory. I need someone to open um, Matthew 5, verse 43. Who open Matthew 5, verse 43? If I, and then the last one, John 15, verse 18. Okay, I'll open John 15, verse 18. All right. 
So the first one, Matthew 10, verse, sorry, Matthew 10, verse 37 to 39. Whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. See, let me just tell you now. The way to love the world as a believer, and follow me first, is to hate them. Quote and unquote. The way to love the world as a believer is to actually first and foremost, hmm? let me put it this way, hate them enough to love Jesus. Then take up Jesus, take up his cross, take up his burden, and love them through Jesus' eyes. That's what it means. That's what that scripture means. You cannot love these people if you don't love Jesus first. So that's what this scripture means. Again, it's reiterated in Luke verse 14, verse 25. That's why Jesus said, leave these people and follow me. Because if you really want to love them, you have to find me first. You cannot love these people if you don't love Jesus first. So the way to love them is to love them through Jesus. And love them the way Jesus loves them. You cannot love them so much, but then your love is outside Christ. It's not, it's actually not love. So this is just still reiterating everything I've said. So that's the way to love the world, number one. You need to love them through Jesus. So for lack of a better word, hate them enough to the point that you drop your, what's, what will I call it now? You drop all your cares. You drop all the concern and all the things that you're thinking, you know, what would they say, what would they do, and all of that. You can, drop them, you can hate them enough to drop all those things so that you can take up Jesus and then love them through Jesus because that's the only way you can really love them. Matthew 5, verse 43. Yes, continue. The other way to love the world is to actually pray for those who persecute you. That one should be a usual practice by now. Let me read John 15, and then you will guess you, you understand this a little bit further. <clears throat> John 15 from verse 18. If the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it will love you at its, as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That, that is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not, if I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates, hates me hates my father as well. If I, had done nothing among, if I had not done among them the works no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have sinned, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But it's to feel what is in law and everything. So from here, you can see that Jesus is telling you that, see, forget that one, they will hate you. If they could not love me, and none of us have attained what Jesus did, forget it. But he's telling you that if they could not love me, don't think they will love you. So by the time we overlay that with the scripture that if I read, you see that the way the, another way to love the world is to actually pray for those who persecute you. Because you are seeing them through the lens that Jesus did. Hallelujah. So, um, yeah, that, that's it. If there's one thing I have learned personally from this um, series, it's that God is actually very intentional and responsible about how he has designed the world and how he has designed salvation. He's a very intentional gardener. And he's also very responsible. 
everything that he wants us to do he made provision he made he made provision for it everything that he asked us to do jesus did it already if there's one thing that my heart has really been stirred about for this last three series as, and even as i've been preparing about it is that the gardener is actually very intentional god is very clear about what he wants his will towards all of us his will towards unbelievers is actually very clear and he wants us to actually be in this will and wants us to now do this will so that's our prayer as we wrap up service today because again i've said this thing and i'm going to reiterate it one last time you are not doing this of your own you are doing this because you are abiding in him and so you doing this is is the fruit that you are abiding in him Doing this is the, is, is the evidence that you are abiding in him. So I need you to pray for yourself. It's so amazing that what God wants, what God asked us to do when he asked us to bear fruit is not to go and climb Mount Sinai or to de- de- descend into one of the deepest valleys. It's to love. It's to love. Because he knows that that is the only way he, we can manifest his will towards other people. So I need you to pray for yourself this morning. Remember whatsoever you ask. Pray for yourself for the strength, for the grace, for the wisdom, wisdom to manifest the will of God towards the person on your left, the person on your right, your friends in the office, people around you, people who know you. You need to manifest the will of God towards them. And you cannot do it of your own. for listening to this message we hope you were blessed for more updates on our programs and audio messages follow us on twitter facebook and instagram at this excellent church god bless you